All right, welcome back to the channel today, everyone. So just everyone knows this is pre-recorded this week, um, but it's a normal time, and we're gonna we're gonna ha we have a great, amazing guest today. Um, and so what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go ahead and bring up Ashley St. Clair. Welcome. Hello, hello. How are you? Good to see you again. I, yeah, I know. Um, I am good. Uh, thanks for joining. Yeah, I know. I don't think a lot of people know, like. At the first time we've met in person, you offered me wine. And so we became <laughs> friends since then. <laughs> I did. We sipped some wine. We talked about all the issues. And, I, you know, I really had a lot of respect for you after that because I remember, you know, we had wine and I was talking to you about a lot of things that I disagreed with um, you and other people on. And we had a great time. It was such a respectful and productive conversation, in my opinion. But I really have so much respect for you for being knowledgeable about certain issues and being able to sit down and have conversations about things that people maybe disagree with you on. Yeah, I mean, it was a great conversation. And honestly, I honestly, if we didn't disagree on some things, you know, how boring would life be? I actually tell people all the time, like, I don't think I agree with anyone 100% of the time. So if I just like wrote people off because I disagreed with them, then you know, I wouldn't, I'd be lonely. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all would, right? If you agree with someone 100% of the time, you're probably in a cult. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Um, <laughs> it is interesting. I was going to introduce you as my vagina woman friend because of the post you made on Twitter. <laughs> Oh my goodness. You know, I do have to clarify. I think that that post that that one may have been a joke, but it's so funny because you can't tell the difference anymore between satire and reality because it was very real that they wanted to start calling women bonus holes. And so you see posts like this and you're like, you've got to be kidding me. It's another thing. Another thing we're being yeah. called vagina women. <laughs> No, and that's what I uh, I think you're right, because a lot of people started being like, well, the, it's, it's satire. They were just making fun. I'm like, yeah, but it, it's still funny. So. It's really and it, it doesn't even matter because it's really close to reality. Right. I mean, we're getting called bonus holes. We're getting called dramatic. We're saying, you know, women who speak out against, uh, you know, certain trans issues that were TERFs, were trans exclusionary radical feminists. Um, yeah. so I, I don't think that's far from reality at all, even if it was satire, I think it's got a pretty good pulse on the sentiments towards women from uh, certain people in the trans community. I think, yeah, you're right. And it, it is kind of ironic that you work for a satire organization <laughs> <laughs> and you fell for satire, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I knew when I posted it, I was like, because people had already been commenting um, before that when the person I stole the meme from, because let's be honest, memes are made to be stolen, guys, okay? I unapologetically steal memes all the time, as we all should, but um, I saw that it was probably satire, but again, it's so close to reality that I really don't even think it matters. Yeah, and I think that's what I, I talked to, I talked to Seth. Um, your boss at the Babylon Bee about this too. And it was like, it's gotta be really hard to do satire these days because it's like, how do you compete with reality? It is very hard. I always feel so bad for a writer trying to come up with something that's more absurd than reality because reality is so beyond parody at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
but I do want to kind of jump into s some of the more serious topics that you, um, one of the things you actually, again, making fun of the NPCs and everything like that. You put out this video, um, what, a couple, couple weeks ago. Yeah, a couple weeks ago before really... I dyed my hair. <laughs> <laughs> before well, the it, internet yeah. got mad at me. <laughs> before, before you dyed your hair. See, I've actually been just as blonde as you are and, it's been a long time, so but it looks good. Yeah, that, yeah, so. I gotta I gotta get it a little bit lighter. The men are very upset, but yes, this this video went very <laughs> viral. I think it's got what ten point three million views now. Yeah, ten point three million views, which wow. But it touched on a very important topic, and this is something that I think I am looking to do more of is how do you get engagement like this? And this was very this was perfect, especially when you're looking at the length too. It's only a minute. And you can do like rumble or not rumble, but uh, YouTube shorts with a minute video. So, well, let me play this real quick. Wow. Thank you for the likes. Thank you for the hearts. Mmm, ice cream so good. Yummy hot dog. GG. GG. Thank you for the likes. Ice cream so good. Wait, before they find me, BlackRock. BlackRock owns most united states banks they own all major pharma companies and mainstream media they oversee 10 percent of all stocks traded worldwide they manage over 10 trillion dollars in assets which is half of the united states gdp they blackrock and vanguard own 18 percent of fox 16 percent of cbs 13 percent of comcast which also controls nbc msnbc cnbc sky news and they own 12% of Disney. They are the biggest institutional investors of Google, Facebook, Amazon, and now they're buying up all the homes and artificially inflating your mortgage so you will own nothing and be happy. I have to go. So I I really appreciated that. And I, I sent you too, because I actually used your video when I was explaining what was going on and a lot more of the hate when it came to the Sound of Freedom movie. So think of, I, I put the two together and that actually touched off on a lot of points that I was looking at because a lot of people wanted to talk about Hollywood and how Hollywood, you know, supports trafficking or whatever, whatever those narratives are. But when you really look at all the organizations that you listed off there, it's evident that BlackRock is the key to why mainstream media would not want a movie that was put out by you know independent media to succeed yeah i think there's just a distaste for independent media in general for independent journalists in general for citizen journalists we saw this especially um with twitter 1.0 when before it was x um they really hated when people are able to get out there and put their own narratives out there and i think uh, that was parroted with the sound of freedom but the point really is i wanted people to just stop for a moment and think about who's actually making decisions. Money runs everything, right? They always say it's cliche, but follow the money. You really should be following the money because in our capitalist economy, in many ways, you have more power as a capitalist consumer or, you know, with your money than you do at the ballot box in many, many ways. And that's not to say that people shouldn't vote, that people shouldn't be a part of these things, but it's people really should be paying attention to where the money is going and they should be paying more attention to where they're putting their own money. Right. And we saw this evidently with Target and Bud Light, those boycotts, these 
Target blew up because they had these displays with your gender neutral baby toddler unisex onesies. But for years, right? And we can laugh at that. Yeah. But for years, years, Target was a founding sponsor of the New York City Pride Youth Parade. Um, and nobody knew this because nobody's following the money. And really, we're, um, we're pretty financially illiterate. Um, in terms of where we're spending our dollars and what the people that we're giving our money to are doing with those dollars that we spend. Um, so at the end of the day, that was a very short video and it was funny and it was <laughs> hot and topical and the NPC trend was going on. But I really think it's important that people pay attention and have a little bit more financial literacy and understand exactly where their dollars are going. When you buy your coffee, where is that money going? Are they promoting something you don't agree with? Are they uh, promoting organizations that are ontologically evil? These are questions we really should be asking. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that was the whole thing, like you mentioned Bud Light. I, I mean, when the Bud Light stuff started happening, I thought, I didn't think it was going to do, do what it did because what happens is you have parallel economies where you have a stock price, which is not necessarily indicative of profit because if a stock, if, if, a company that you know BlackRock invests in starts to tank, that they'll just put more money into it to inflate the price of that stock until the profits start to come back up. When that didn't happen, BlackRock just kind of like backed out of it. Um, but that's why they're so focused, and 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 they'll do this for stocks that are hurting because of like DEI and or CEI and uh, ESG. Um, so I think I, I think you're right on in that point. I also noted, yeah, like when I was again the night that we met when I was on Timcast, I had talked a little bit about PetSmart. So that was one of the stories there that I had just written about because PetSmart, you know, I I, I really I said I really don't care if you buy rainbow clothes or whatever or rainbow dog toys right but the issue with it was is that PetSmart was then donating over two hundred thousand dollars to glisten to an organization mm -hmm. that's pushing children transitions and so it may, it has absolutely nothing to do with child transitions but it is interesting because this week um a, another story kind of went viral which was skittles talk like they had the skittles packaging for pride which had like black trans lives matter and they did their normal thing where they went white supremacist skittles and they uh they, went <laughs> they all just white. like hit all the trifectas of the you know the buzzwords the the black trans supremacy <laughs> i love well, that <laughs> well, they're like how they, many buzzwords can we hit in one skittles pack <laughs> well the, the white supremacist skittles though it's funny because what a first of all, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Sarah, but what a ridiculous statement that just came out of your mouth, like that we're talking about this, the white supremacist Skittles. Are you kidding me? Like, what kind of clown world are we living in right now? I'm sorry. Well, well, that's, well but this, this is what, this is this is exactly what you were talking about, though, is that um, Skittles has been doing this. This became a story this year, and I don't know why, but Skittles has done this for four years in a row. They've during Pride Month, they turned their Skittles white. And the first year they were like, they, that's what the leftists were like, you turned your Skittles white? That's like white supremacist <laughs> Skittles now, you know? <laughs> but still, it's like, but they've been doing this. And now it's just now that people are actually outraged over anything that has to do with, you know, the 
the queer community, I guess, the queer activism because of what it's now symbolizing and because of like Bud Light and all that they see, I guess the people are just more hyper aware. I don't know. Yeah, think? and maybe people need to start doing their own charitable donations. And again, like I said, that financial <laughs> literacy, you don't know when you buy candy, you should know when you buy candy, if your money is going to white supremacist Skittles, or if you buy a dog treat, if that's going to promote organizations that promote a, a, a culture of secrecy between parent and child and promote something that severs the parent child relationship. Glisten has yeah. promoted a lot of these uh, things, especially on their website, the quick escape, you can just don't worry, your parents won't know you're trans. Um, so I, I really think people need to be more ethical consumers in so many ways. Um, figure out where everything you buy, where is that money going? And if you don't know, yeah. find out. Absolutely. So running, I mean, talking about being an ethical consumer and, you know, doing your own research on stuff. One of the bigger things that you've been kind of talking about is birth control and how this has been pushed onto young girls for so long. Um, and it's really not as safe or ethical as you, as, as people have said, yeah, I kind of just discussed that a little bit, a little bit more. Yeah. So I, I've been an outs, I've been outspoken about the adverse effects of birth control, specifically the hormonal birth control pill for quite some time. And my biggest gripe is that most women are not told about these adverse effects, including myself, including millions of other young teenage girls. I was put on it at 14. Um, and that was around the same time I saw my first therapist, um, birth control on, we're seeing the studies come out now, um, with a mountain of evidence showing that birth control increases your risk for depression and suicide and we aren't told this okay now you can even order it online that's the thing they want it as accessible as possible which is fine and this isn't to say that no women should use birth control birth control can be helpful for many women and it can also be helpful for different medical conditions like endometriosis but women deserve to know the risks outside of these basically terms and conditions packet. If you if you open up a birth control packet, the side effects are like this big. It's like the terms and conditions. Nobody's reading that. It should be on the doctors to tell women. We should have education about these effects so that women can make those informed decisions for themselves. And that's really the big issue here is there's not a whole lot of informed consent going on with birth control. Women are just told that, you know, this is women's rights right there. That is that is the pamphlet you pull out, and that's what you need to. Your doctor doesn't say, you know, make sure you read this when you get home. <laughs> Never. Um, so we really need to have informed consent on this. Women should be aware of these effects. I don't think women are too stupid that you know. And the NBC article that was referenced above, they really went into this argument that if you tell women and girls about the adverse sides of, uh, side effects of birth control they're not gonna use it because they really think women are just too stupid, right, to weigh their own decisions. But at the end of the day, if they think they don't wanna make that trade off, they shouldn't have to, okay? Yeah. And the, there are other birth control methods. They're saying, you know, it's not worse than pregnancy, la-di-da, but you know, you could tell a man to wear a condom. And what they're telling women is that the side effects of birth control, depression and suicide, those aren't worse than telling a man no or telling a man to wrap it up. No, you're absolutely right. Um, it, but this is this is the issue. And I remember when you first started talking about this, too. Um, that's part of the problem. We just don't have informed consent in our medical community, period. Um, I'm I advocate for 
informed consent when it comes to trans issues as well. Like I actually am on an informed consent model where I signed off as a fully functioning adult, knowing what I was getting myself into. The problem becomes when they start advocating this, like pushing it on their patients, like this is what's going to help you. This is what's going to happen. And then um, not telling you the full side effects of that. Like I've actually said before in speeches that I would rather a doctor tell me, I have no idea what this is going to do to you, but it's your body, your choice. Um, than them tell me a bunch of lies or not tell me all the information. Right. Um, and part of that information is that they just don't know. <laughs> I, th I think they, that's one of the issues. And I I've heard this about birth control for a while too, because I know there's a lot of women that can't go on birth control because of different health reasons. Um, lupus being one of them, it can cause a lot of issues and cause blood clots and everything like that. People in my life have had to deal with that. So it's just really interesting that, um, that you see the medical community doing this over and over again. And I think, I really think that it really comes down to, like you said, do your own research when COVID should have taught us that everybody needs to do their own research because, you know, whether it's incompetence or malicious, nobody is going to tell you all the information. You're no, and, and, and these people, Big Pharma is incentivized not to tell you the whole story, right? Big mm -hmm. Pharma is incentivized to make it sound a lot more flowery and a lot more easy than it actually is. And that's not to say that all of these things, all of these medications are bad. Medication science is a good thing in so many ways. It saved a lot of lives. Um, but pretend like Big Pharma is not motivated to have more people on these medications that maybe don't need to be is delusional mm -hmm. and, and willfully ignorant at this point with the amount of uh, research and information we have available right now. Yeah, I actually made this joke um, kind of about this kind of, this topic of when I, a couple of years ago when I had Siraj Hashmi on and it, we were talking about this because it is really interesting when you see people that start out and doing something with good intentions, but realize that if their intentions succeed, they stop making money. And so like it, it goes back to, I, I referenced Bo Burnham's song. I don't know if you know the, the song that it I love Bo. I'm a big Bo Burnham <laughs> fan. I am a huge Bo Burnham fan. I think Bo Burnham and George Carlin were some of the best things to happen to comedy. Uh, I think Carlin would be rolling up in, in his grave, but <laughs> I, but I, I think, I think it, it really comes down to, there was one of his songs where he, said um you know it's like being the owner of the company that makes rape whistles where you started the company with good intentions but if the rate rape if the rape rate declines then you'll see an equal decline in whistle sales that's what we see with big pharma and what happens with doctors is now doctors are also being sold like you we have drug sales that go to doctors offices that's one of the biggest issues i see in our country today Yes, I would agree 100%. That should not be legal. But yeah. So, um, let me see what else we got. I do have one more story about you before we get into the news, <laughs> because you're just a saga of all these news stories lately. And I just have to know, what's what's going on with the Uber guy? Oh, the Uber man, chicken wrap man. I, I'm supposed to go live. I need to go live at some point. This is actually a really crazy story. And, you know, I've been getting some heat. People almost blaming me in a way, which I feel very bad. 
But so I ordered a chicken wrap. I was just hungry. I wanted some lunch. And the guy delivers it. He's friendly, he gets a little too close, but he's smiling friendly. And I come back to my phone after grabbing this chicken wrap. And this man sent me a message, the delivery guy. You know, he says, God bless, you're so beautiful and have a good appetite. Send a bunch of emojis, um, heart emojis, uh, heart eyes emojis. And I posted on Twitter because I thought it was funny. I said, I just wanted my food, sir. It was very obviously funny and people in the comments were laughing. But I guess Uber saw this because out of nowhere without, I never reported this guy. Again, I thought it was funny. And I get a message from Uber saying, we investigated your report and you know we're taking action and you've be, been refunded for your chicken wrap. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Because I never made a report. Are they looking at my Twitter? I guess that makes sense if someone's mentioning them. But I, in my original post, I didn't say, you know, Uber Eats, your, your driver's sexually harassing me, do something. You know, there was no call to action. Um, and they said this. And then so I posted what they sent to me. And I said, I never made a report. And I hope Chicken Rat Man is okay. And they sent another one. They sent another message saying, we made a mistake. Disregard the other message. And I was like, wow, that's really weird. So I sent them a follow-up message internally, and I said, please confirm that the driver has not been penalized. The delivery person has not been penalized because, you know, at no point did I feel unsafe. You know, of course, unless this guy has a history of using Uber Eats like a Tinder app, you know, and he's some serial offender, um, I don't think he should be penalized. And they sent me a message that basically insinuates, I don't know if this guy is still with Uber, but you know, they said, when investigating, we can't take certain actions like investigating complaints of a similar nature, removing his access to the Uber app. And they refused to give me any more information. They said that if I wanted more information, I'd have to file a police report. First of all, I can't file a police report because nothing illegal happened. The guy just called me beautiful and was super friendly, whatever. And then the law enforcement would have to reach out. So it's absurd. And, you know, part of me, I'm like, oh, should I not have posted that? Like, was that bad to post? But, you know, the intentions were good. I thought it was funny, uh, but maybe I should be more careful in the future. And maybe everyone should be more careful because guess what? The company might be watching and making um, assertions on your behalf for nothing. Yeah. You know, at no point did Uber reach out and say, you know, did you feel unsafe? There was no investigation. It, it appears they just took action against this person. So already I've stopped using Uber, which even though this was a few days ago, I call a lot of Ubers, I order a lot of Uber Eats, I travel a lot. Um, so I've been using Lyft since this happened and I really yeah. do feel bad and I've, I've gone back and forth. It's like, there's not much I could even do to rectify this situation because they won't give me his information. You know, I had even tweeted, I said, get me in touch with Chicken Rat Man, please. <laughs> um, so even if I wanted to do something kind for this guy or whatever, I can't. They're not giving me any information. There's nothing I can do. So the best I can do is not use Uber and tell other people what's happening. Yeah, I think that's crazy because like you said, you didn't report this. They just like literally went in and and this is where I think this was a complete breach of your trust because it's mm -hmm. like they 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 knew exactly who you were so they went and investigated and figured all this stuff out so they're ha they're tracking all of your information in this app and they're saying and and now they're going to act on your behalf like you didn't want to get this guy canceled but you may have Again, and it's it's insane i at no point did they reach out and say did you feel unsafe they didn't really yeah. care 
Um, and additionally, right, this guy knows where he delivered the chicken wrap if he got, you know, terminated. Say this guy is a nut job. I really yeah. don't think he is, but say he is a creepy nut job. Now he knows the address to go back to um, if that were the case immediately. And they can't even confirm with me whether or not this guy has been, you know, terminated, whatever. So it was really, really ridiculous. I've never really experienced something like that with a company. Um, I don't even know what to do from there. <laughs> Well, no, and as a public figure, that's kind of scary, like you said, too, because like now this guy, this guy may not even knew who you were, period. And then he's like, wait a second, this person actually has some fame to her. And, you know, and so maybe I, you know, if he was if he was a nut job, yeah, he knows exactly who you were. And so it's it is it's absolutely crazy. Like the Internet just that they would take it upon themselves to blow things out of proportion like that is it's crazy. But yeah, use Lyft. I've actually started using Lyft because they give me Delta Sky Miles. So, you know. <laughs> oh, do they? <laughs> then I love that yeah. even more because I am a Delta girl through and through. <laughs> me too. Living in Atlanta, that's all I fly is Delta because I can basically get anywhere. Well, and, and speaking of um, social media responses, they've been great. I had a very uncomfortable situation uh, last year. It was about last year where a man on the plane, he was pretending to take selfies, but then he was zooming in on me behind him and then zooming in on my breasts. And I saw this and I caught it on video and I posted it on, at the time it was Twitter, and Delta reached out to me. It was actually the executive mm -hmm. assistant of the CEO. They reached out to me and they said, hey, we're, you know, we'd love to get all the information you have about this and do what we can do. Like, did you feel unsafe? What are these things? What do you want us to do? And even down to making certain reports to the Federal Aviation Administration, they were so good with making sure I consented to certain actions being taken. And mm -hmm. that's how you should handle it as a company. Reach out to them if you think there's something wrong. Um, but Uber just doesn't, and this is routine. They don't care about their customers. They don't care about their drivers. Uh, they no, got they in trouble don't. a while ago. One of their ads on X got community noted because they had an ad that said, you know, earn like a boss. And so it got community noted and, say, and said, you know, you don't really earn like a boss on uh, Uber. The average driver makes $11 an hour. And Uber yeah. was very upset at that. But um, they they have a terrible reputation with both their their drivers who make everything possible and their customers. No, you're right. I mean, I complain about their um, their increases in rates. Like it used to cost me ten dollars to get downtown Atlanta, and now it costs me like twenty to thirty dollars to get downtown. Um, and so their rates have gone up. But they're I don't think yeah, like you said, I don't think that I don't think they're paying their drivers anymore either. Cause well, I was driving I was driving Uber Eats for a little while while trying to build my brand and do all this stuff. And honestly, when it came to like the wear and tear on my car, I didn't earn like hardly anything. No. And if you want to know something interesting, I was actually uh, talking with a driver two weeks ago. And he was telling me that if you if you and I both have our Uber app at the, open at the same time, we call the car at the same time, one of us is going to be paying more based on how much we tip. People who tip more are allegedly, according to this driver, charged more. Um, so they you could call the same exact car at the same time and you're going to get charged a completely different rate based on your consumer behavior and if they perceive you as having money. That's wow.
So then they're they're penalizing people, they're penalizing consumers on the back end for being good people and tipping the drivers more since Uber refuses to pay them more, then you might get charged in a higher rate for using their service, for being a good person and making up for their shortcomings. That's crazy. And I bet they even look at like, if you're, if you're running through like a business account, because like my, like everything I do runs through my business account. And so that probably says you're a business, so you can afford more. So you got to do this and this, or, or you're, you're part of a business. So, um, your company's paying for it. You're not paying for it. So you don't care if you get charged more, which my company is me. So, (laughs) (laughs) and we should have a right, you know, we should have a right to see that data. If you export any of your data on these sites, they don't tell you those sort of things. They don't tell you um, if if they're putting, marking you down as a customer who probably has more money and we can run your rates up. They don't tell you those things. I think it should be, we should have access to that data. These data brokers are out of control. I agree completely and it's like yeah um i i had the same experience with delta delta has always done everything good for me too and actually th- they gave me a silver status for like six months just this year Woo-hoo! because i was flying like once a month and i'm like okay i'll, I'll take silver status while i'm flying quite a bit but um I, I mean, I don't know about you. I, I like it because I can take one-way flights everywhere. And I know you don't like the Atlanta airport because every other flight flies through my airport. So. <laughs> the Atlanta airport is hell on earth. I think when you get to the gates of hell, you see the Atlanta airport. It's one of the worst airports ever. So apologies if you like that airport, Sarah. But I cannot stand your local airport. airport. <laughs> That's your favorite. I, you dream about the Atlanta airport. <laughs> I like I like how it is. But again maybe i don't know if it's it's if it's because you're always getting on connecting flights in the atlanta airport i can see that well i think dallas is probably worse if you're getting on connecting flights in atlanta yeah everything's kind of spread out but if you're just taking one-way flights and that's your flight out it's a great airport because you just go to your gate and then you're good See, I would disagree there. I've done both. I've done the connecting. I've done the one way because I have, fam- I have family in Georgia. So I've had to just go there. Unfortunately, just go to the Atlanta airport. That's my final destination. I have nothing else to look forward to. Um, so I uh, I would have to disagree with you there. That's just something we're going to have to disagree on. I cannot yeah, I stand know. the Atlanta airport. I'm Pro glad tip, you though. find light and darkness, though. One pro tip for anybody that lives is if you ever do visit Georgia, you can actually go to the international airport and use their TSA to get into the airport because it's one big airport. And so you can just go through the international port to get through TSA and everything. Oh, so it oh well. it's a fun little tip. Look at you. <laughs> and and the apparently that, the, the airport Delta, tips. Apparently, <laughs> apparently this, the Delta, the international Delta lounge is outside. So. Oh, it's so nice. The Delta Lounge at the Atlanta Airport is very nice. They have a few nice lounges there. Look at that. Like, follow, and subscribe for more uh, travel Delta tips, guys. <laughs> there you go. Well, and plus, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is now it's turned into an advertisement for Delta. Delta. Delta I'm not right. This is Delta. We, Sarah and I need to be in your next commercial. Make it happen. We are your biggest advocates. We're getting paid nothing here. <laughs> because think about this. When you are a Delta Sky Miles member, you get free high-speed internet on every flight. <laughs> How do you beat that? <laughs> She's going. She keeps going on the perks. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, again, I have not, not, I have so many nice things I could say about Delta. <laughs> Speaking of airlines, though, 
Did oh! You... <laughs> the this mother effer is not real lady speaks. Did you, you probably saw this earlier this week, right? I did. I saw her apology. This is her. <laughs> this is uh, her. She now, is, she's hot too. She's a good yeah, looking lady. Right? Now I do question though. I mean, do you think it's real? Look, where is, is really her? where is the MF -er, right? No, that's totally her. But what I want to know is where the MF -er is, right? You know, I, we haven't seen him at all. That's yeah, hard know, to believe, but, no? Well, you're right. I, I mean, she didn't point anything out. She's not told anything. But the reason why I, I think I question, too, is, I mean, I could, I could get by the different lighting on her hair, but her eyebrows... She draws them thick. on. Come on. I, I, you I, and I, I do I, makeup. I, we know. <laughs> she draws them on. I know how you draw them on, but she actually does really. I mean, it's it's impressive if she drew these on because they got like, it looks like hair that she drew. It doesn't just look like drawn on. This eyebrows. is also like, like the videos that went viral <laughs> are so lo-fi in their horrible angles. She's sitting there obviously in distress. She's not wearing any makeup. You know, it's like um, it's like Tim Pool's studio, right? His camera lighting makes us all look so different. Um, than we actually do in real life. No, um, yeah, you're right. That video makes <laughs> I know, I told heavy, like. Fat, yes, like I told. I told. <laughs> yes, I told Tim uh, recently because someone took like five screenshots from the different times I was on Timcast, and they were like, "This is what you really look like and under my selfie." And I was like, "Damn you, Tim! Damn you and your camera!" <laughs> yeah. He so I think I she mean, just was Josie the victim of a bad angle. Yeah. I think Josie but recommended ring lights for all the guests. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, that would I mean, make the conversation but, flow as well, you know, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, but so in case anybody in the audience is wondering, this is what happened. I'm telling you, I'm getting the f*** off, and there's a reason why I'm getting the f*** off, and everyone can either believe it or they cannot believe it. I don't get two f but I am telling you right now, that mother f that mother <laughs> back there is not real. And you can sit on this plane and you can die with them or not. I'm not going. <laughs> I think she's a legend. You know, she put out this apology. I, I don't even think she needed to, though. Um, I don't I think she had anything thing. to apologize for. No, I said the, the only people that really need to apologize are the people who doxed her. Like yeah, the the reporters who doxed her are the ones, and like we we pu we published this, but that was the whole thing is we published a story about the doxing, you know, the post millennial. We didn't publish a story that actually gave her address like some of these other organizations, like and who she actually was. It's it's crazy the lengths that reporters went to to figure out who this woman was, and in a lot of ways, almost like attempt to ruin her life, almost you know. Yeah, it's it's very sad that they were so obsessed with this and found her. And they haven't found the guy. They have not found yeah. the guy who allegedly claimed he was going to take down a uh, the plane. You know, that's what she said. Right? Shouldn't we be interested in that? This guy who allegedly told a woman she was, he was going to take down yeah. a plane. Why are we not interested in that? Um, I'm more interested in that than the woman saying she doesn't want to be on the plane anymore. And even in the police uh, body footage camera, you could see she was saying, I don't care if I ever fly with you guys again. I want to know what happens to that flight. Um, so whatever it is, in that moment at least, she yeah. seemed very concerned with what was happening to that that flight for whatever reason.
Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen all the footage, actually. Um, but it is. And actually, somebody, somebody, I remember seeing one video. And, you know, I grew up, you probably grew up too, um, <laughs> watching Final Destination. I would have yes. been off that plane so quick. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. Exactly. If a guy told me he was taking that plane down, I am out. Okay. I am out of that plane. And if somebody and if and if somebody's telling the plane that they're getting off because that mother effer is not real and you can fly there if you want, I'm I'm getting up and, and following that person because again, I mean, I believe them. <laughs> uh, you know, I would believe anything she says at this point. If she said he was like a lizard serpent person uh, or that he blinked <laughs> sideways, I would believe her at this point. <laughs> it is interesting, though, when you when you see all the online discourse with this, um, because at the same time, I wonder. It's kind of convenient that she is a marketing executive somewhere and now she has this viral video she now has a youtube channel she now has a website she has basically marketed this to blow up and be in her favor i don't know and that she, she has done that though has she marketed it to be in her favor well like i said i mean now she's got i mean she her twitter account yes twitter I'm Miss Jenna. Stop dead naming. Um, <laughs> How could you do that? <laughs> How could you, you gotta stop dead naming it? No, it's it's X, okay? <laughs> when when I write, I write X, but it's always gonna be Twitter. You just gotta rebrand, you gotta reconfigure the, the pathways in your brain. X, X, yeah. X. <laughs> um well shit, now now I'm uh now I'm <laughs> I don't even remember. So, so, so you think she really? You think she marketed this in her favor? I, I, I don't know if this was. I don't. I'm not going to go as far as to say that I think this was pre-planned, but I think the last couple of weeks she was getting there to be like, how can I brand this to help me? Um, her ex account is now was created in August of 2023, and it's got. 20,000 subscribers now, I think, something like that. I mean, let me see. Let's we can go. So, you're not, yeah. I mean, I would say it's very hard for her to have any control over the initial reaction to it in the marketing no. because it really took a life of its own, it's you know. And maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe she's doing what she can now to capitalize on that. And you know what? At the end of the day, she has yep. a right to, uh, you know, the internet. Yeah went ballistic with the she has been doxxed she has had the memes i mean this woman probably could not even open any aspect of the internet social media for for weeks without seeing herself that must have been a very strange and difficult thing to deal with so you know more power to her i hope she takes all of this and runs with it i hope she does something positive as she says and i hope we get more answers i really hope she gives us a little bit more i think a lot of people still have many many questions about the situation yeah, I think I think you're right. Like I I cuz when she put out the apology video, I said the same thing. I said, "You really have nothing to apologize for." I mean, you became an inter internet everybody on the internet loved you while this was going on, right? I mean, you have men that are ready to propose. So I mean, <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, yes. So, you know, I think she, whatever she wants to do with it, more power to her. You know, she's earned that at this point. I think she should be able to do whatever she wants. I do want to ask you, though, too. Do you think if she was ugly, it would have got the same response? <laughs> No, absolutely not. She she has benefited from pretty privilege here, a hundred percent. You know, I undoubtedly so. She's benefiting from pretty privilege. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely will agree with that. Um, let me see. Actually, yeah. So there was another story that came out yesterday that I think you'll um you'll kind of like. So CNN put out this almost 2000 word essay on neo pronouns did you see this well, no what is a neo pronoun it's anything that's like not a normal pronoun so like a e z you know a e i o u r yeah so they're they're like these are, I, I guess those are the neo pronouns right so but, but this is an actual article from cnn this is yes. not, you're telling me this is not a Babylon Bee article? We didn't do this? No, you didn't. See, I actually <laughs> wrote this article. Yes, see, this is my name. I wrote it for the Post Milano yesterday. This is because incredible. They put oh this my out. God. <laughs> what a clown world we're living in. <laughs> and not just like any article. Like I said, I actually was like, how much time did they spend on this? And I put it into my, um, my word apps and I was like, I put it into Grammarly and it was 1900 words like that's how long somebody wrote up this entire article like if you saw my post yesterday i said i learned today that there are actual like experts quote unquote experts on neo pronouns not just those people you see on tiktok but ones with like degrees and stuff because cnn quoted them this is this is horrible and you know what we we laugh at this and it's funny to make fun of it but it's actually not really a laughing matter because this is part of a very orwellian war on language this is exactly what they do uh because language corrupts mm -hmm. thought as orwell talked about extensively and that's what they're trying to do here if they can corrupt language if they can corrupt reality that's why everything they believe is totally antithetical to reality because if they can corrupt that they can make us believe anything anything they want anything they need us to believe so I think this is absolutely uh, getting towards the end of civilization and reality at this point. I think you're right. And this was what was really just crazy about this, too, is there was a section in the article about noun and noun self pronouns. So like one of the examples that they used, let me let me just show this. So one yeah, these are all the the neo pronouns that they use. But one the neo pronouns and noun self wait are the neo and the noun self different? They're they're kind of the same, but cuz noun <laughs> self are not natural pronouns. They're like that's a subset of neo pronouns, I guess. But here's the thing. So Mia actually talked about it too because there's this section that says that is talking about how to use i'll just pull this up how to use the leaf trying to look at it I have leaf to self, yeah how do you i hope leaf knows how proud we are of leaf is getting to know leaf self better like this was in the article this is in this is a screenshot from the article they said you can if you wanted to identify as a star you can be a star because you can just use star pronouns like instead, of, you can use adjectives for pronouns now too. So you know, like you can just be awesome because you're awesome. 
like your awesome and awesome self. That's a noun noun self pronoun. <laughs> Sarah, I need you to shoot me right now. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. This is horrible. This is torture. <laughs> I, I feel like I should be entitled to compensation after having to sit through Neo and noun pronouns from CNN. I'm going to sue CNN for wasting my time and making my brain hurt. Well, when when I got this article yesterday to uh, to write on it, I, I I told Libby I said I can't not be I can't not make fun of this this article. Like, how do I write a serious <laughs> news article? So we put it in news and analysis because I, I I couldn't. It was like when I went after uh, Governor Barbie Gretchen Whitmer. Like, <laughs> there was a whole story I did about that too in Human Events. But uh, I I do like to be I, I do like it when I can be a little bit snarky in my writing. So this is one of the best quotes I think I've ever written. And I said, playing to its audience, CNN thought it necessary to explain what a pronoun is and how they are used daily. <laughs> oh they, my they, goodness no they, that isn't they, that's they a great line first, Sarah. they're condescending the, the 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 first lines in their uh in the in this article is saying pronouns we use every day he she they all this stuff i'm like you really had to explain what a pronoun is that just tells you who's reading cnn you know <laughs> exactly i agree 100 there sarah <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic job. It seems like you you tore up a new one in the, in the article. So good. <laughs> but this is it's indicative of where we are as a culture, as a society, right? I mean, it's kind of goes back to the first uh, story that we talked about <laughs> when it comes to like um, uh, the the changing of language and you know using because as well penis woman and vagina woman may have been satire like menstruating person was not you know no, no menstruating and that, person and bonus holes was not a joke they were 100 percent <laughs> serious about that yeah I, I i don't it's just it's insane but i know you actually have to get going right so yes <laughs> But this was fun. I'd love to do it again, too. You have a fun, open uh, show here. So I enjoyed it. And thank you for well, having thank me. You. Absolutely. We will we will continue to do this. And I'll have you, I'll definitely have you on on more. Yeah, this is trying to do more new stuff. But um, yeah, just it's talking about fun. It's laid back. And... You have nuanced, different opinions that you're not hearing everywhere else. You know, it's nice that you're not this cookie cutter uh, ideological prison that some of these shows end up being. So I appreciate that. <laughs> and I appreciate you having me on, Sarah. Well, appreciate it, too. Why don't you let everybody know where you can uh, where they can find you before you head you out? You can find me exclusively on X, um, which Sarah keeps dead naming, uh, formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> you can find me on X <laughs> at St. Clair Ashley. Um, and hopefully you will check out my book, Elephants Are Not Birds. Uh, it's a it's a children's book about the growing number of children who are identifying as trans. And it's really a book that sheds light on, you know, you may not be trans just because you like boy things or like girl things. Um, so you can check out my book at brave.us. I forgot that you were a esteemed author, <laughs> you know, you, you moved on from being just a writer. You, you, you became an author. <laughs> so, um, we'll, we'll ha I'll have to have you on and we'll just do an interview about, about the, uh, that book and everything like that too. So I'd love to. Um, thank you so again, much. Thank you for coming on. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Bye.
Well, that was fun. So we got a couple more stories that we're going to kind of go over as well. Um, so this story out of Kansas. Let me see. There is this story out of Kansas. Mm-mm-mm. Sorry, y'all. Yeah. I have it pulled. Here we go. <clears throat> this is one of the biggest, like, injustices of, you know, what's going on in terms of, you know, prosecuting the media and everything like that. This is one of the most, the biggest scandals. It should be a bigger scandal, but I haven't seen it spread so much across the internet. And it should be bigger than it is. So a Kansas newspaper, um, the co-owner died after police raided their offices. And why did they raid their offices? How did they get a warrant? It was because they had they were concerned that the newspaper was going to leak information about a DUI that a prominent resident had had. So the 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 police are seizing, are going in and seizing and raiding this company because of they were doing their jobs on residents in the neighborhood. And then uh, the woman who co-owned it with her son was 98 years old, Joan Meyer. And she collapsed and died at her home on Saturday after the police had reportedly raided it. And it just stressed her beyond her limits. Think about that. The police have no reason to even raid her home because she's going to publish a story about a, a controversy, like it's get a you know actually do their job. They're gonna publish a, a breaking story that hurts. I mean, it, it it may hurt somebody, but it's news because it's it's you know. Uh, let me see where, where where was the information on this. Um, her her son said um, she was in good health for her age. Um, you know, this basically is a first amendment violation against the newspaper and it should be a huge scandal. It goes all the way to the entire, I mean, the police all the way up. It's not just one police officer who decided to do this. This is the whole, the police department. So the, the raid rate followed after police were reportedly tipped off that the newspaper was in possession of evidence, which revealed that a prominent local restaurant owner, Carrie Newell, had been convicted of drunk driving but continued to use her car without a license, as according to the Kansas Reflector. The uh, her, her son, actually, um, let me see. And so this her so the uh, executive director of the kansas press association emily bradbury said this is an attack on a newspaper office through an illegal search and not just an infringement on the right of journalists but an assault on the very foundation of democracy and the public's right to know the public has a right to know um actually arrest records are public information right so this type of raid against their First Amendment rights is this is what erodes democracy. You want to see what actually erodes democracy? This is what does it. This is 100% what does it. 
Um, and and then later on, Karen Newell actually said um, on Friday she confirmed the allegations on, on a, in a Facebook post. Um, that she had knowingly operated a vehicle without a license out of necessity after she received a DUI in 2008. She said, journalists have become the dirty politicians of today, twisting narratives for bias agendas full of muddied half-truths. We rarely get facts that aren't baited with misleading insinuations. And so she uses the dirty police to raid and attack journalists who are just doing their jobs. If they're reporting facts and the facts are true, if the facts aren't true, then you go after them for defamation of character. If the facts are not true, if the facts are true, then you have no basis to stand on. And the police should never be involved either way in this type of situation. What were what were they reporting on? The reason why she's such a she she was so concerned with this is because she said that it was an attempt to smear my name, jeopardize my license through the ABC, which is the State Alcohol and Beverage Control Division, harm my business, seek retaliation. So the ABCs in a lot of states, um, they are the only places you can buy alcohol. So I don't know what states they are. I can't remember. Um, I believe when I lived in Tennessee, you had to buy from an ABC store. No, maybe it was North Carolina. Yeah, I remember I've lived in a lot of states. It wasn't like that in Michigan. You could buy from any get. You could buy liquor from a gas station. Um, I, it might have been North Carolina that you had to go to the ABC store to actually get liquor. The other thing too is I used to buy on post. So when you're in the military, you can buy on the military installation and. They don't have the same rules as off the installation because they're federal property. So that they, in like their class six, they sell everything. But um, yeah, you normally you would go to an ABC store to buy liquor and you can buy beer at gas stations and stuff. But that's what she means. And so she owns a uh, an ABC store. Maybe she owns. I don't know exactly what it is, but they were trying to harm her business. It still doesn't give the police the right to um to do this though the police they think that the incident on in a post on saturday they said they believe that the department believes that the judicial system will be vindicated um they said speaking of generalities federal privacy act is does protect journalists from most searches of newsrooms by federal and state law enforcement officials. It is true that in most cases it requires police to subpoenas rather than search warrants to search a premises of journalists unless they themselves are suspected suspects in the offense that are search. The act requires criminal investigators to get a subpoena instead of a search warrant when seeking work product materials, document, documentary materials from the press. So think about this. If you, if I'm going to report a story on, let's say Joe Biden's son, you know, Hunter, 
and police get tipped off on this. This would set the precedent that they can come and raid my stuff, steal, steal my computers, steal everything they want, and then just bury the story because it's something that it's something that they don't want to happen. That's the danger that this puts everybody in. They were doing their jobs as a journalist and as somebody who works in media. This cannot stand. This needs to be a bigger story than it than I've seen it being pushed. Um, it just it just needs to be elevated. Um, because journalists in this country are under attack more and more every day. Which brings me to my next story. It is, as I've been talking, I told you last week to go see, to go check out what was going on in the Andy No Trial. Andy works for the Post Millennial, as y'all know. He is our senior editor. And I told you to go see the um, what was going on in his trial. Because it was crazy as of last Monday when we were talking about this because people had interrupted the court. People had... Um, you know, basically intimidated the uh, the jury, and nobody. But then nobody intimidated the jury more than the defense attorney herself. Um, and which led to a not guilty verdict, which is absolutely insane. But this just shows that. Nobody is going to, I mean, he was never going to get a impartial jury in Portland where Antifa runs the show. I think that's what this shows is Antifa runs things in Portland. The defense attorney stated, actually, I have the, um, let me just, let me just pull up because there's been a lot of misconceptions about what happened um, at the end of this trial. Defense attorney stated and i had the transcripts right here that say they that said i am antifa and she vowed to remember every single face of the jury right after the jury had expressed concerns that they were going to be doxxed that people were trying to figure out who they were so they were concerned for their safety that should be grounds for mistrial it should be grounds for retrial um it i mean if andy is going to appeal it needs to be somewhere better um but i mean let's look at what she said i mean look what she's this is the transcripts I, like i said i have the you can go on here we published it this week you can look at the transcripts from the trial and determine for yourself because there are antifa accounts on twitter Yes, Twitter. That <laughs> X. Um, that are trying to say that she didn't intimidate the jury, that we're just lying about what happened. But here are the transcripts. You can read them because there were no cameras allowed in the courtroom. We talked about that before, right? Um, we had our photographer was kicked out. Katie, uh, Katie Davis Court was the only person that was kind of allowed to. Like She was one of the only reporters that was in the jail or in the courtroom the entire time and so she reported on it and she reported this and her reports 
are clear are are backed up by this statement and so by by the um by the reports so the thing about it is is one of the one of the defendants actually admitted to assaulting Andy on the stand um and yet they they didn't find that reason to convict like or it wasn't a conviction so uh they didn't re find that reason to uphold what um Andy was suing them for um she told the jury any of you who are students of the revolutionary war and lead up to the civil war like they tried to pay Andy as basically being deserving of this it's like like blame like victim blaming on this um so they said the abolitionists know that the violence permeated all of all of those that does not mean that we are violent people or does it mean when things get so bad when conflicts become inevitable that we resort to our baser selves because that's what we saw happen to andy no or mr no we saw people so strongly disagree with this gentleman that they were willing to beat him not just beat him but chase him down through portland tackle him hit him that is that sounds like victim blaming you're justifying it because you don't like somebody it's okay to go and beat them up that's exactly what they're saying right there i don't know how this continued the way like how again we're in i mean if this is i don't know how any lawyer who would think that this was a good closing statement unless you were trying to intimidate a jury um they said mr no's conduct is not pristine here nobody on the jury has a completely complete pristine presentation so you don't deserve justice if you unless you are completely pristine which means that nobody nobody deserves justice is that what she what this lawyer was trying to say because that's what it sounds like to me so that all of those heroes we now see in movies or great books have flaws they have vanity they have weakness we all do everybody does but what do you do with those weaknesses she questioned mr no has the right to pursue these events as he sees them and he does but does he do it for a higher cause admittedly says i'm not a big fan of what he advocates I'm not a big fan of what Mr. No writes about, but it is his right to believe it, to hold those truths. He does not have the right to do to then do things that cause harm to other people. And neither do those black clad invisible cowards had the right to do what they did. So she's basically like, yeah, now she's going to go back and say that the people that did that act that beat Andy were cowards as well so she's gonna say that not that but not even which again the defendants her clients were the ones that were kind of directing them that let those people know that andy was there like they are known associates of those in the black clad so it's it it's insane like it says this is not a first amendment case folks 
The First Amendment only protects us against the government. It does not protect us in private interactions with each other. So while Mr. No has a First Amendment right to say what he wants and do what he wants on Twitter, there are no restrictions that the government has been willing to place on people on social media. So basically wanting to regulate social media for their own gains and content. Um, I have tried a lot of cases. I have been with a lot of jurors and I'm going to remember every one of your faces when you leave here. That kind of sounds like a threat, especially when you're talking, justifying violence against another person. Um, there was another point where I think I, I glossed over where she had said, um, I am Antifa. And then also noted that resistance in this country has never been peaceful. So again, advocate. The lawyer here advocates violence. On the stand, like in her closing statements, advocates violence. What do you think is going to happen? Of course. Of course, that jury is going to fear for their lives. And they and they and they uh, they found uh, no non-liable found the found the defense is not liable. This is a miscarriage of justice in this case. Um, and like I said, we know now who runs Portland. It's Antifa. They do. Um, you just got to I mean. If you live in Portland and you don't agree with Antifa, I would get out of there now because that place is not only is Antifa running it, but it's become so bad that like the foot traffic is the lowest, one of the lowest in the country. Stores are closing left and right and moving out of there. Places like Walmart and all that are leaving because the crime has gotten so bad there too. So if if I'm advocating for anything, I'm just saying leave. Leave Portland. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Just leave. It's it's only going to get worse. After this, it's only going to get worse. Um but um that is all I really have for this evening. Actually, let me, there was a, I don't know if you guys saw, we did some stories about the, uh, the Austin pride and yeah, uh, Austin pride event this last week. And actually let me play this real quick. And this is what Libby had to say about um, Andy's trial. So let me go back a little bit. <laughs> um, Done. So Katie says very few other journalists were there. Did she, I, did, was she able to, I don't know, identify any other journalists that were there? Yeah, she knew some of the other people that were there, like the reporter for the Oregonian who was there. Um, and there was, I forget who else she said she was there, but um, the last day there was another reporter there, a local Portland outlet came to cover it. Um, I really wished I had gone. I had a vacation planned with my family that week, and it's been planned for months. And I was like, "Oh, I should have been, should have been out there." Um, but I had a lovely time. But anyway, that's not the point. The, <laughs> so Katie was out there. She was covering this. 
And there were also issues with photographers. So the as I said, there was no live streaming, there was no recording in the courtroom, um, and photography was limited as well. So the very first day, there were photographers were allowed to take photographs. The second day, I got a call from one of the clerks at the court for Katie's credentials. They wanted me to verify her her background, how long she'd worked with us. They also asked about a freelance photographer who was out there covering for us as well. Kelly, Kelly Bufrank, um was out there and I gave information about both. Shelly was not permitted to take photographs that day. The court decided on a having a pool photographer who would be out there to take the photographs. The pool photographer that day took a couple of photographs, only stayed for an hour. The next day, I believe Shelly was allowed to take photographs. Um, the next day, uh, one of the, photo the photographer who had been designated the pool photographer did not show up. There was discussion that the photographer was supposed to alternate. It did not alternate. Eventually, the pool photographer took a bunch of photos, uh, posted them with the AP, and then we had to pay to get the photographs from the trial because we weren't allowed to take photographs. At a certain point, at one, one of the days, the pool photographer did not show up at all. And so Katie asked if she could take photographs. She was denied. They said that they said that no one from the post-millennial would be allowed to take photographs. Um, and the fact that none of this was broadcast, the fact that, I mean, yes, can you be an old school journalist and show up and take notes and write a story and file on time, blah, 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 blah. Sure, you know, put a pencil in your cap, have a great day. But we are living in an era where there are many means of communicating a story, um, and facts are important. Yet this court decided that there was no reason for transparency. They hid behind these threats against the jury. Um, I believe the defense was probably, you know, I mean, why would anybody say the post-millennial specifically isn't allowed to take photographs to Katie unless there was some something coming from the defense that was, you know, saying like, oh, you, you know, we hate them or whatever. Yeah. And of course, Andy works with us. So that's obvious. Perhaps there was, but whatever. I mean, the point is there was no transparency in this court. Uh, early on, they said that they would be providing minutes from the courtrooms, from the court. Um, they never provided any minutes. The It was just shockingly inaccessible. And so when you look at our reporting on this that Katie did, it is exhaustive. Each story she did is substantially long. And the reason for that is she took notes as fast as she could on as much as she could. And then we just published it all because we thought the most important thing here is transparency. And the most important thing is to get out as much about this as possible in as transparent a way as possible so that people can look at it for themselves since this is the only real record that we have out there. And if you look at the Oregonians reporting, it's very brief. There's not a lot to it. Well, also the Oregonian is behind the paywall. Yeah, uh, that's another and I can't even bypass it with an archive uh, link. So the Oregonian is good for whoever wants to sign up and support them. Uh, right. But it's it's yeah, not for the general public's really consumption. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Libby laid it out there. And like I said, go check out all of our reporting on this. Um, we also one of the other stories that I was going to kind of talk about tonight was the Austin Pride event. Again, not very. uh not very accepting and welcoming and i'll just play a quick video from that for you but you can go and check out these articles they're in the links are in the description below but 
look, these boys went to the Austin Pride event, said, you know, all they were saying was spread the gospel to people. I mean, I don't know why you have to be mean to people who are religious. Um, I don't care if they were there to kind of troll. All you do is make yourself look bad when you act in hateful manners to people who are just trying to spread a good message. Like I said, maybe they they were probably trying to troll. Who cares? What it, what they didn't say anything wrong. So here is like I said, um, this one was forgot to switch it over, but yeah. And with Tyler Hansen was reporting for the Post Millennial, and here's this video. Taylor Hansen here with the Post Millennial. Spread the gospel, baby. I'm Spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're the faggots. Oh wow, that oh was all right. Really so, just uh, just threw Red Bull all over us because they told him to spread the gospel. Um, so I'm out here with some young Christians. You know, they're attending this Pride event. They're telling people to spread the gospel. So what's your message? I've grown up a Catholic. I believe in the Catholicism. You know, I love Jesus. I think men are supposed to be made with women. It's not our right. Men and men, it's not, it's, it's not how God intended us to be made. Uh, I just know that everyone we walked by, all like a thousand people, we've said spread the gospel. Every single one of us had thrown something at us or said like, fuck you or something like that. So we just know like, this isn't good for them. And we were just trying to spread the message of God. I mean, and I can attest that I've been around you for what, 10 seconds. And we just got red. Bull yeah, red red bull, I mean, we're getting, we're getting abused yeah. at the end of the day. If I had to say something, I mean, God made two genders for a reason. If he wanted us to love each other, there would only be one gender. I mean, we're supposed to love one another. I mean, yeah. Love one another, but not like this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think the devil's taking over the world right now, and a lot of us are just getting attacked for our beliefs. I, I mean, agree. Christian Orthodoxes are getting banned in Ukraine. The same thing's happening here. We're getting attacked just for believing. How, how, how old are you guys? We're, we're 17, 17 years old. I'm 16. And we're going to walk all the way back and say it again. We'll probably yeah. get shit thrown on us, but who cares? Who cares? Hey, we don't so, care. Jesus. 17, everyone. Yeah. So, I, like I said, you have the right to believe what you want to believe. You have the right to go to these events. Like I said, I, I there was nothing offensive about saying, you know, spread the gospel. Now there was kind of a slur that was thrown at the at the very beginning of that video. And what I will say, I don't know what was said to them because it sounds like they were reacting to what somebody said to them. So it almost sounded like somebody had called them that word. Um and they were reacting. So um, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't hear what, what else was said off camera. But listen, there's no reason if people are acting like this anywhere you go, leave them alone. There's no reason to be hateful to them for spreading their beliefs. Like my, I, I, there was a trans uh, person, uh, Rita, Rita, um, I think it's Rita Love. I'm sorry. She has a friend of mine, but I don't remember. I'm trying to blank on her last name. I think it, her, her, her handle is Rita Love on, on Twitter. And she was wearing a Make America Great Again hat. Again, she's a transsexual woman wearing a Make, a Make America Great Again hat. And she was assaulted at Pride. 
So it, it's really not about, you know, spreading the gospel or making America great again or Donald Trump or anything like that. It's about the reactions that these types of things bring to people. Like why is spreading a message a bad thing? And why do you have to react the same way? Or why do you react that way to these types of things? You know, I don't know. I think that there's a lot that we could be doing in the world to come together. But um, yeah, you know, basically, if you are resorting to violence or throwing things at people or, I mean, why would you throw your Red Bull on somebody? Why would you even acknowledge that these people exist if you don't agree with what they're doing? Which I don't know why you would say that you don't agree with somebody saying spread the gospel. You know, that's what they believe. It's their it's their right to do so in a public area. Um, there was another video. Again. I'm gonna gonna play it because uh here's here's Libby. They were just they were there was a let women speak again uh, event and they were just not nice to this person was trying to block Libby's performance. Yeah, I love Carrie in the background too. Carrie just holding the sign. I know it's sacred. I know it's a sacred flag. You guys look great in your mask, by the way. It was really good. I hope you're super. I love you too. I love you too. I love you guys. Oh, I, Carrie, Carrie, Carrie Smith, you guys know my good friend, Carrie Smith and uh, Libby Emmons, that are in chief of the post-millennial and human events, just acting like a boss. I love it. Um, and yeah, just they're standing there peacefully recording, doing, again, Libby's doing her job and people just, they don't want to be nice. Like, why does her being there? Why? Do, what don't you want them to see? Why are you trying to block her from filming? Like, what is it that you don't want people to see? What's wrong with transparency? I think that's one of the lessons from this, the anti-trial, everything, is that we should be more transparent. And on that note, make sure you click that like and subscribe button. Let me know what you guys think about these, this conversation in the comment section. Follow me across all social media platforms. You know, this is streamed on Facebook, Rumble, YouTube, and now X. So um, you can find it just about everywhere. And actually, go subscribe, like, go follow me on X because I am now monetized on X. So this might be my best play. That might be my best platform to stream on at this point. Um, but go follow me across all social media platforms. Don't want to be uh, pigeonholed into one place and I'll see you next time.